This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of November 6th, 2021. Free Assyrian wine press in Iraq, slightly used. McCallum doesn't believe in bulk prices for its barrels. New master blender at Johnny Walker. It's a lady. Beers in space to be sold. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker, and let's get right into the news. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't know, if this isn't a This Week in, in Alcohol Heists, but it's like a This Week in Archaeological Discoveries. <laughs> Look, you put me and Chris on a show. <laughs> yeah. We're going to find something in history to talk about. Oh, this week's main show, Don't You Worry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, archaeologists discover a 2,700-year-old wine press in Iraq. Uh, and this is as of November 3rd, uh, the story, anyway. So, uh, and yet another, see, they've already been talking. And yet another boozy discovery of the ancient world. Archaeologists believe they've uncovered the oldest industrial wine press from northern Mesopotamia, modern-day Iraq. The findings date back 2,700 years to Assyrian times, one of the world's oldest empires, according to Reuters. How much do you know about the Assyrians, Brittany? Literally nothing. They, uh, much like, uh, back in their day, much like Wu-Tang Clan, they were, uh, nothing to... <laughs> mess with? Mess with, <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, so, uh, we have a quote from the professor of, uh, at the University of, is it Udine? I don't know how to say that. Uh, but, so he says this is quite a unique archaeological find because... It's the first time in northern Mesopotamian uh, Mesopotamia that archaeologists are able to identify a wine production area, which is kind of surprising to me. But I guess it's, you know it's well, quite old. <laughs> though, yeah, the, the 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 trick with the uh, Mesopotamian cultures, they real real old. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we are close. Well, they have to do. Well, yeah, we're probably closer to to Cleopatra than we are to. Mm, okay. Yeah, I suck at history. Um, <laughs> among the ruins, Italian archaeologists from the University of Udine found 14 industrial installations carved into mountain rocks. Square and circle basins were located near the site, which would have helped workers press grapes and extract their juice during the winemaking process. The grape juice, uh, or must, would then be transferred into clay jars, fermented, and distributed throughout the region. Uh, between the wine press and archaeological... Sorry, Archaeobotanical remains. That's a new word for me. Uh, the site aren't those in uh, aren't those in like herbal essence shampoos? Archaeobotanicals <laughs> may as well be. No, I'm I'm waiting. They're gonna just go and grab more scientific words and throw them into beauty care products, and my brain's going to explode. <laughs> you're not wrong, uh, and I love the beauty stuff, but you're not wrong. Um, Philosophy. <laughs> uh, the site located near the northern Iraqi province of uh, the the uh, holds significant historical context. So another quote, in the late Assyrian period between the 8th and 7th century BC, 
There was a dramatic increase in wine demand and in wine production. The imperial Assyrian court asked for more and more wine. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> you need something to drink while you're piling up stacks of heads. Not a... That's... That's how they, that's, that was what they used to do for fun after battles. Right. Uh, and then of course the, this end just saying it's still, the, more research is ongoing as expected. You know. It says, yeah, the sign off, uh, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to f*** with. Uh, well, you know, uh, speaking of, wine, well, no, I was, I was trying to see like, speaking of Wu-Tang, uh, no, it's not wine. It's, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Another news. Another news. A rare cask of uh, of the Macallan or Macallan, nineteen ninety one Scotch fetched two point three million dollars at a recent auction, setting a new record for the world's most expensive barrel of whiskey. The cask I was. Mean, if you're buying it by the whole barrel, you'd think they'd give you some kind of discount. <laughs> Usually, uh, the cask was sold with an added NFT component through ah. MetaCask which touts itself as the world's NFT marketplace for whiskey cask investments. We covered that story beginning of the year. Yeah, I was going to say, some months back. Yeah, whiskey, Time has no meaning. It is NFTs. an illusion, much like pants. So, uh, yeah, you, your whiskey cask is uh, non-fungible. Can't fung it. Uh, Metacask commissioned artist Trevor Jones to create an abstract representation of a barrel for the NFT Jones oil painting, which was not included as part of the deal, was titled The Angel's Share. Hmm. Uh, also, I just realized what our segue should have been. Uh, Wu-Tang Clan ate nothing to funge with. Oh. Hindsight. Yeah. Uh, I will say shame. the oil painting, I like it. Yeah. Dead. At first, I'm like, oh, this is a bunch of... I was like, no. No, it speaks to me. See, yeah, you know, it's like even oh. when you hear that it's called the angel share. I'm looking at it, and it's just it feels like that scene in um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where, you, <laughs> where uh, Cam uh, keeps uh, falling deeper and deeper into the <laughs> the painting, walking mm -hmm. eyes. That's just I'm just like every time I look at, it, I'm just getting closer and into it more. It looks like there's like a little a little lake scene in the middle of it too. Oh yeah, it does. Uh, Beautiful. Sorry, this week in art appreciation. Uh, it's whiskey appreciation. Art and innovation aside, the physical cast contains around 600 bottles. <laughs> arriving at 51.1% ABV. Good yeah. lord. For each bottle equates to around $3,880. This isn't the first time uh, McCollin has set auction records in late 2019. A limited edition 60-year-old release sold for nearly $2 million, beating a previous milestone set by the brand in 2018. So, you yeah, know, last year they, they had to take the year off from setting setting records. A couple years, yeah. Uh, oh. I like that, though. Like Now I'm like, <laughs> I want a print of that. Mm -hmm. I keep going back to that painting. I'm like, oh, God, it looks so cool. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be my uh, my wallpaper soon. Uh, yeah, that'd, be good. that'd actually look good well, on your ginormous phone that you're going to get. Uh, well, the ginormous company has a new master blender. Uh, Johnny Walker has uh, appointed Dr. Emma Walker, and yes, that is a woman's name. Uh, so now they are Jane Walker. And is she? The, she's the same one who did the most recent. Um, yes. Yeah. She, okay. 
Yeah, Jane she Walker. actually did okay. work on the. Right. Johnny Walker has appointed Doctor Emma Walker. Uh, Emma Walker as the company's new master blender. She is set to become the whiskey giant's first female master blender in the company's 201 year history. Uh, late than since her. yeah, since joining Diageo uh, 13 years ago and working at Johnny Walker for the last six, Walker has been the brains behind many of the brand's innovations. Uh, among these include the Blue Label Ghost and the Rare uh, and Rare series, and Jane Walker. So I've got to just step in and say it here. Um, we have we didn't go look for it. The timing was very poor. Right after we recorded our Johnny Walker episode, oh, right, we saw the... Costco has a sampling box set of Johnny Walkers. It's got the blue. And it's got the, the blue, the green, um, Ooh, the, the black, gold. and the gold label. Yeah. And they're, I mean, they're not even airplane. They're like a little bit bigger than the airplane bottles. They're pretty good you know? size bottles, actually. And I was just mm-hmm. immediately like, we have to get this and we have to, because that's something that we could wrestle down like three different boxes of and do mm-hmm. a tasting, maybe for patrons. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Walker is taking over from Dr. I've read that wrong at first. Dr. Beveridge. Beveridge. Beverage. Look, I keep trying to say, be- not trying not to say beverage. I have to, I, don't, I didn't have that open and now I have to look at it because it's, uh, shut up. Oh. That's the name? Dr. Beverly Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's literally Dr. Bev Beverage, but it's Bever- not spelled like, Ridge. yeah, whatever. Her husband, Pepper. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Uh, OBE, Order of the British Empire, I believe, uh, who will retire at the end of this year following a 40-year career at Johnny Walker and Diageo. Uh, The team is delighted for Walker to take over at at an exciting time. Johnny Walker's global brand director, Julie uh, Brahman, said at the press release, Scotch is being enjoyed in so many different ways by people from all uh, all over the world, and I know that Emma and her team will continue to develop exceptional tastes, textures, and flavors that we are renowned for. Uh, uh, starting in uh, starting January 2022, 20, uh, Walker will lead a 12-member team of whiskey makers to do just that. She plans to introduce uh, blends and flavors that appeal to a new generation of Scotch whiskey fans. That sentence right there has me imagining that there are... I, I heard the screams of a thousand old Scotsmen Scream out at once. Uh, just say, no, don't change my whiskey. Probably well, not going to change the base flavors, but they're going to, you know. It's all blended to hell and back anyway. <laughs> right? Uh, anyway, she's honored to take, as she says, I'm honored to take on the title of Master Blender for Johnny Walker. An exciting time for the brand as we embark on the next step of our journey, looking ahead to the next 200 years. God, that would be. Diageo can't continue being around for 200 years, right? Uh, I mean... With the catalog they have, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, Having the same surname as the company, we're sure Walker will feel right at home in her new role. Uh, Although she has no relation to the original Johnny Walker family. Mm. Mm. Also, I looked up, and it's Dr. Jim Beveridge. And he looks so much like he is... Out of a movie about Scotch, <laughs> he looked like he just he just left a set with a Dubliners. Well, a little bit older than that, but 
He looks like the manager of the Dubliners. I don't know. <laughs> uh, now right. I have to share this. Yeah, well, now we have to. Uh, well, as speaking of uh, uh, alcohol in 200 years, we've got some futuristic beer to talk about as well. What was one small step for Sam Adams turned out to be one giant leap for craft beer. The brewing company will soon be launching an out-of-this-world new beer called Spacecraft. Space Cadets. It makes me want to shoot somebody. That is the, that is terrible. They had so many opportunities for better names. Also, I have a picture mm-hmm. of the dude up right now. Uh, the beer was brewed oh. from 66 pounds of hops that traveled 300 miles above the Earth on the first ever all-civilian space mission last month. Wow, that's. Uh, I mean, we knew they were doing. We were, they were doing. I think yeah. we've talked about them planning to send that up before. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, if, the if not orbited, on the show, at least among ourselves. Yeah, yeah, I think we're talking about it on the show. The orbited hops, according to the brewing company, were used to create a West Coast-style IPA that has a firm bitterness with generous tropical notes like grapefruit, guava, and passion fruit, and piney and resiny hop aromas. Sam Adams is already taking pre-orders for the beer online. We need to do that. Uh, someone go check if there's any left. It will be available for purchase in person at uh, the Sam Adams Boston Brewery and Tap Room starting November 16th. Justin, time for the expected peak of uh, the Leon- Leonid Leonid meteor shower. Oh. Ah. A four-pack of the limited time beer costs $22.23, an homage to the Inspiration 4 cruise flight, which lasted two days, 23 hours, and three minutes. <sighs> So don't complain when you're on a really long flight. It's not two days. Bob, off the top of your head, better name than spacecraft. <sighs> I mean, anything. Orbital Hops is already a pretty good name. Oh yeah, I really like. like I heard arts. that and I went, "You gotta call like if if that's gonna be like if it has like a very unique thing about it, and you make that a, a constant thing, just start calling them Orbited Hops. Mm. Like you know, you got your Cascade, now you got your Orbital." There's a Rocket Man pun in there somewhere. Yeah, I, I really oh. like the can art on on that. You call you call it Major Tom. You just call it Major Tom. <laughs> what are we doing, guys? <laughs> we're we're doing the work that Boston Beer should have done. Major Tom's probably copywritten somewhere, but oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, don't want Duncan Jones coming after you to sue you for the family estate. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we've, <laughs> we've gone from, sorry, I just, I'm just looking like we went from one extreme of look at what science has brought us to uh, Despair. Like new exciting things to guys. Uh, we can't, we can't move things across, across the water anymore. <laughs> yeah. Space to problems on Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, there's a possible Coca-Cola shortage, apparently, because there's a shortage of everything right now. So there's that. Look, there's a cream cheese shortage locally. It's a store today, and there are just like, seriously, yep. 10 people standing in front of an empty cooler with, with no cream cheese in it. Huh. And they're just looking around going, like, what do we do? Like they had no, they're just like flabbergasted. And someone from the store, because they're like, yeah, we don't have any. 
<laughs> when we but, were at Meyer, they had a bunch. <laughs> Kroger didn't have sh- any. That's funny. Then they should have gone to Meyer. Yeah, I mean that's 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 on, that's on them. Uh, so so weird, cringy. Okay, uh, if you've shopped for groceries this week, you might agree that the only thing there hasn't been a shortage of lately is shortages themselves. Oh. For anyone trying to stay ahead of the game by stocking up on healthy products like pumpkin and cooking oil, uh, industry insiders just revealed that there may also be a potential shortage of not-so-healthy picks like soda. On a quarterly call to report out sales this week, Coca-Cola's chief executive officer predicted the possibility of a Coke shortage, while also hinting at, quote, missed opportunities and, quote, stalling consumer sentiment related to Coke products. Mm. The uh, when they just say a Coke shortage, I'm just picturing Colombia going, ¿Por qué? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, on Wednesday morning, Coca-Cola chairman and CEO James Quincy, along with Chief Financial Officer John Murphy, shared a quarterly re- revenue update with investors and representatives present from major international banks. According to a transcript via Seeking Alpha, Quincy said that overall Coke quote saw continued momentum from midsummer through September noting that this followed a strong start to the year. However, uh, he said that challenges the company continues to face are the fact that their international markets are all at various stages of reopening. He mentioned issues in shipping and freight and availability of labor as factors that have affected Coke's supply chain, specifically in the U.S., as well as bottling plant in Brazil that went offline because it burst into flames. Whoa, Definitely that's, that's a concern. bearing lead right there. Yeah, I think I, I think we missed that story. Um, so fortunately for Coke fans, it may not be necessary to rush out, straight out and grab a case of the product, but uh, he said that in the U.S., all remains well in general. Um, we maintain a strong momentum in North America despite the COVID resurgence in many states. Uh, that led to stalling customer sentiment and supply chain challenges that resulted in both missed opportunities and incremental costs. Uh, he also provided assurance that the company is working with the bottlers and making sure that company has enough buffered availability of ingredients and concentrate. We manage that accordingly with bottlers in every year, particularly this one. Brittany, how are you going to survive a shortage of Mexican Coke? I know I haven't had it as as, as often. Um, I mean, that's probably for the best. But uh, the honestly, it's weird. I, it's not like I'm cutting back on caffeine, really. But the Mexican Coke, the last time I had it, I was like, "Well, I just definitely feel like I had some caffeine." <laughs> so mm. so uh, it's probably for the best <laughs> on on my end, at least. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> My only, that's it. The only soda I drink anymore is, uh, uh, um, Sprite, Sprite, more or less. And the idea of not having that, I'm like, oh no, but I'm pretty sure that I can wait out whatever time crunch it is. Cause it takes me like a month and a half to go through a case of, <laughs> they <laughs> through just, a case of Sprite. They just put out their, uh, winter seasonal version of Sprite. I can't remember. It's like cranberry and something oh other. yeah they put that out last year i i don't want other flavors in my <laughs> in my soft drinks we've been through this it's the same thing i have with like kit kats and th- the things that i like like oh look at these new flavor variants i don't want that i want the thing that i like yep that's fair okay <sighs> oh well um speaking of things that people like 
Why? Thinking of things that people like to steal. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, diners distract staff uh, to steal a rare to steal rare four hundred and seven thousand dollar bottle of wine uh, from the cellar. Uh, In addition, they stored more bottles. Apparently, two guests stole 45 bottles of water after checking in and eating at the Atrio Hotel and two Michelin star uh, restaurant complex in Caceres, Spain? Caracas? I don't know. Two thieves stole 45 bottles of wine, including extremely rare 215-year-old bottle valued at 350 – sorry. Yeah, 350,000 euros or $407,000 from a collection at an upscale – uh, hotel and restaurant complex in uh, southwestern Spain. Uh, theft took place in the early hours of Wednesday, including, uh, according to Jose Polo, one of the owners of Atrio, uh, where they've got fancy restaurants and big wine cellars. Uh, he says they were professionals. They knew exactly what they were doing. Uh, uh, he decided to make the uh, robbery public through a letter to customers and friends and told the Associated Press. Uh, the man, the suspects are a man and woman who spoke English and gave the staff the impression of being a refined couple who checked into the hotel and dined at its restaurant. Hmm. Man and a woman who speak English. Chris, Brittany, where were you? <laughs> if we could go to Spain right now. <laughs> if I could go to Spain right now, I wouldn't about. go to Spain right now. Fair. Just gonna leave that out there. <laughs> uh, they, uh, yeah, but they they checked into the hotel and dined at the restaurant. They then asked the hotel front desk clerk who served them more food. And when uh, when he went into the kitchen, leaving a security camera monitors unattended, uh, the man slipped into the cellar and stole the bottles. Uh, so this was less a a masterful heist and more of a hey look over there and then run in and take what they want. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they checked out in the early hours of Wednesday, paying with a credit card and leaving with bags full of bottles. And I bet you that wasn't their credit card. Probably not. If so, then they rank up there with the dumbest criminals ever. Mm-hmm. Bolo said uh, no one noticed their booty, which included the valuable 1806 Chateau de Yacrim. I'll bet somebody noticed that booty. <laughs> oh, uh, and at least six other 19th century bottles from the exclusive Romane Conti winemaker in France's Burgundy region. Burgundy region. Somebody heard that booty jingle jangling out of the elevator. <laughs> ching, 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 ching. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, I carry a lot of change with me. Change sounds like glass. Uh he said that he had not calculated the total value of the stolen bottles, which were insured, but their symbolic value was even greater. Uh, he said the pair could be only be working for a private wine collector because they only took uh, bottles away that cannot be replaced, uh, but also cannot be sold on the open market. Oh. Uh, the bottles are very numbered and controlled, and that the 1806 Yaquin is unique, and everyone knows it's ours, he said, at a industry connoisseur, uh, adding that the industry connoisseurs would notice if they were put up for sale. Uh but yeah, uh, apparently they have told uh, a police spokeswoman in Krakus said the investigation had been opened into the wine heist. Ah, see. 
and the officers authorized uh, were not authorized to be named. The media reports declined to offer more details because it's an ongoing investigation. Uh, so this is more of a, I'm trying to think here. More of a uh, since it was private, loop on the third, we'll say, kind of heist, mm-hmm. not to be sold well, for money, just to be enjoyed. Well, they probably got paid, but they someone did. yeah, someone but, paid them to do it. To like, yes. go get me this wine. I wish to drink it. Yes. Uh, uh, I feel like this is less of a wine heist, though, and more of a uh, uh, a dine and dash. <laughs> this is like the ultimate dine and dash. <laughs> but yeah. Next level. Mm-hmm. Honestly, uh, they just found the weakest link in the security and exploited it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how a lot of actual theft will go down. It's like, yeah. Uh, and it's usually the person who's like, oh, yeah, let me just go get that for you. Really? You can't call someone to do that so you can keep looking at the... Maybe having your yeah. maitre d' be the uh, security and watch the cameras isn't the best idea. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Oh, well. Uh yeah, I think that uh, that about does it for the week. Yeah. Well, we'd like to remind everyone, this is our news-only show, but we also do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. And so next week on the next show, <laughs> once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>